Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. I'm really excited this morning to be here, and um, David and Deborah and I, we've, we're back from Kenya, Ta-da! and we had, a, we had a great time there with the leaders, such a fantastic group of leaders and, uh, and group of people over there, and uh, it was a real blessing to be able to be with them and to share with them and encourage them and be encouraged by them, so that was great, and, but I love being home, and I, I love being with my family, um, my, my wife and my children, but also with my church family here as well in the UK. As I think it's Dorothy says, there's no place like home, isn't it? Is that right? I agree. Amen. Um, but this morning, I'd like us to uh, spend some time looking at uh, this topic that I, I believe is really important for us this morning to listen, to hear and, and, and embrace, which is about supernatural shepherds. And although maybe we haven't sort of announced it as one big, great, sweeping theme, we, we really believe at the moment... This is a significant time for us to take hold of what God wants to do in the supernatural. For us to have a growing understanding that we're a supernatural people. That the church is a supernatural people. And if we're not um, part of the church, then we're not supernatural in, in, in the way that God intends for us. But if we're part of the church, then we become supernatural people. You can't confess Jesus as Lord unless God has revealed that to you by his Holy Spirit. That is supernatural. And as soon as that happens, you're added to his body, the body of Christ Jesus. And uh, I want to consider the provision that we have th- uh, through God's delegated authority and the provision that he's given us of supernatural shepherds into the body of Christ, into the, the flock, if you like, that we are to make the most of as God's people. I've used the analogy before of, you know, an iPhone and, uh, and thinking, this is, this is great, this will this will make a really good coaster for my drinks. You know, it'll stop me getting watermarks on my nice table, you know, so I'll pop it under my glass. And there it is. And I'm, I'm paying my monthly contract for a really nice, flashy-looking coaster that does a really good job of, of keeping my table nice and clean and tidy. And yet, within that phone, there is so much potential, isn't there? That if I don't use it, I'm missing out on. But it's there. It's at hand. I can draw on it. And you know what, there's provisions for us that God, God has given us, and sometimes they're laying dormant, or we're not accessing and drawing on the fullness of the potential that God has given us. The person of the Holy Spirit being in our lives. The power of the Word of God that we have in our hands. The significance and the power of being together and being joined to a body. All of these things are part of God's provision for us, and there's a power, if we apply our faith and understanding and take hold of those things, we can unlock the potential and the power of them. So that I don't wander around lost with a really nice flash-looking coaster, but actually I realize I've got maps on there that can help get me to where I need to go. That if I don't know the answer to something, I don't just um, sit there with my coffee and put it on my coaster and ponder it, but actually there's access there to information that will help me answer my question. Thank you, Google. And lots of other things that are there as, that is a potential for me, but if I don't access it and unlock it, then it's just lying dormant. 
And in the same way, you know, God has given us supernatural shepherds that are part of God's provision. They are part of God's provision for you today, tomorrow. They were yesterday as well. And God wants us to know that and to access the power that he wants to deliver, the potential that he has through the supernatural shepherds. You know, this is a wonderful comment. God himself, just close your eyes for a moment, please. David referred to this. It's God who is the eternal one, who was and is and is to come. He is eternal. He's always I am. No matter which point in history you ask God, he is I am. He's always present. He sits enthroned above the cherubim. He's the Lord of the hosts of heaven's armies. And yet, we can refer to him as our shepherd. Isn't that an awesome thought? That the God of heaven and earth is himself a shepherd. That's just an amazing description of God, isn't it? You just open your eyes again for a moment. He's our shepherd. You know what, probably the best known psalm, Psalm 23, what does it begin with? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need or I will not want, depending on your translation. But it's this statement, the Lord is my shepherd. That statement, God is a shepherd, almost, it's like, God, you're so awesome, so mighty, so, you're the ancient of days, you're the eternal one, and yet you're a shepherd. That almost seems demeaning, but it's not at all. God's heart is the heart of a shepherd. Psalm 79, verse 13, it says, Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you. When we realize that God is our shepherd and therefore our provider, and we realize that we are under his care, under his provision, under his watch, what should be our response? Thank you. Because as a lone sheep, I'm going to be in big trouble. If I'm wandering around, led by myself, fed by myself, doing my own thing, the wolf is going to have a field day with me. But the creator of heaven and earth, the ancient of days, the almighty God, you are my shepherd. You care for me. You feed me. You lead me. You guide me. You're with me. Thank you. Because without you, I am scuppered. It just leads to thanks. So fitting what we've done this morning. We've worshipped God. And then we have this right, if you like, Psalm 80 verse 1, to call on God to hear our prayers. Please listen, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph's descendants like a flock, not defendants, descendants. O God, enthroned above the cherubim, and yet he leads us. We're his flock, we're his people, we're the sheep of his pasture. Isn't that an amazing thought? And then Psalm 100 and uh, verse 3, the second half of verse 3, this statement, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Could you turn to the person next to you and say, we are, the, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You know, by asking you to do that and say that, that's not a gimmick to kind of keep you engaged or, you know, to give you something to do. It's a statement of truth. We are his people. Pete and Tracy, you're his people. 
the sheep of his pasture. Steve, you're his people, the sheep of his pasture. And then this is what God says. Because not only are we making this claim, God speaks it over us, Ezekiel 34, 31. You are my flock. (laughs) The sheep of my pasture. We say, Lord, we're yours. And God says, too right you are. You're mine. We're his possession. He's bought us at a price. He has every right to us and to call us his. Every right to call us his. And these are Old Testament statements and you think, that's great, God. You're a, you're a wonderful Old Testament shepherd. It's really fitting for those days, you know, when they had sheep around and stuff. Obviously, unless you live in Wales that's, or New Zealand today, then that would still be relevant, but... But no, Jesus comes and he speaks of himself. And in John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the, what is he saying? He's saying, I'm, I'm the pleasant shepherd. I'm the perfect shepherd. I am shepherd par excellence. I'm the good shepherd. What did Jesus come to do? He came to reveal the heart of the Father. He said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You hear me speak, you hear in the Father speak. And Jesus comes and he says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm so glad he said that. I'm so glad he brought that into the New Testament. And it's a theme that recurs time and again in, in the epistles. And we'll look at some of these verses today. But in 1 Peter 2, 25, then describes the state that we were before and what God has done and where we are now. It says, once you were like sheep who wandered away. You know, I don't know particularly of any great abilities to defend itself that a sheep has, really, apart from being very woolly if it's not been sheared for a while. Other than that, its ability to defend itself is minimum, isn't it? A sheep doesn't have claws or talons, doesn't have sharp, big, pointy teeth, doesn't have spikes. In fact, it's quite woolly. It has no capacity to defend itself. And we were like sheep who wandered away. We were defenseless, we were hopeless, we were helpless. But then this wonderful phrase, but now you have returned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. And he's referring there back to Isaiah 53. That's what Peter refers to. In 1 Peter 2, he's, he's referring back to Isaiah 53 and he's talking about who Jesus is and the work of Jesus. And in verse 24, just preceding this, he says, he personally carried our sins in his body at the cross. What did Jesus say in John 10? He said, I am the good shepherd. I'm not like the hired hand who when a bit of trouble comes, runs for his life. He says, no, I've actually come down to lay my life down for my sheep. And my sheep will hear and know my voice and they will respond to my voice. And just prior to this, it says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so we can be dead to sin, dead to sin, and live for what is right. By his wounds you were healed. And then goes on to say, once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have returned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. You know, as I read through the Bible, and I'm sure some of this is because I see things through the lens of a pastor, 
of a shepherd. That's what it means to bring people to pasture, to good pasture, is to pastor, to care for the flock. But I read about Abel in Genesis 4. What did he do? He cared for flocks. I read about Abraham, who when he was called by God to find a new city and a new land, he led with him his family and all of his livestock. He was a good shepherd. I read about Isaac, who continued to care for his father's flocks. I I read about Jacob, who also not only cares for his own flocks, but cares for his uncle Laban's flocks very faithfully and consistently. And when he meets his wife, Rachel, what is she doing? Caring for flocks. She's a shepherdess. I read about Moses, who spent 40 years caring for Jethro's flocks, his father-in-law's flocks. I read about David. Where did his career begin? In the fields looking after the flock, looking after the sheep. God has a shepherd's heart and he calls for those who lead his people to also have a shepherd's heart. God gives us shepherd leaders. If you could put the next slide up. Oh, it's there already. Wow, Katie. She's sharp today, isn't she? She's on it. Can you turn in your Bibles, please, to Jeremiah 23? A lot of these initial verses, are, they're all in the New Living Translation. Is everybody okay? Good. God gives us shepherd leaders. In the house here this morning, there are shepherd leaders that God wants you to enjoy the provision of, to be blessed by today. And in Jeremiah uh, 23, verses uh, 3 and 4, picking up the second half of verse 3, says, I will bring them back from their, to their own sheepfold, and they will be fruitful and increase in number. Then I will appoint responsible shepherds who will care for them, and they will never be afraid again. Not a single one will be lost or missing, I the Lord have spoken. I love God's heart in, that, in those few verses. His people were scattered. He said, I'm going to bring them back to the sheepfold. And when they're there, I'm going to appoint responsible shepherds, those who consistently will care for the flock. And when they do that, they won't be afraid. None of them will be lost. None of them will be missing. But everyone will be there, and they will be fruitful and increase in number. That's God's heart for us. Leaders who consistently care. And then go back, please, to Exodus 2. This time we've got... Uh, this, this picture of, of Moses, and this is prior to Moses actually working and, and serving as a shepherd for the 40 years that he did in the wilderness. He's actually running away from Egypt at this point. But there was something in his heart to protect God's people that, had to, that led him to, to take down an Egyptian slave master. But he, he flees and he's, and he's on the run. But while he's on the run, he comes across a situation and he just can't help himself. Exodus 2, verse 16, talks about a priest in Midian who had seven daughters, and they came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. And now we've got bad shepherds, okay? Other shepherds have come, and they chased them away, and Moses sees this happening, and he jumps up and rescues the girls from the shepherds, and then he drew water for their flocks. Isn't that a great shepherd's heart? Something that says, see something and says, that's wrong. I'm going to step in. I'm going to make sure that this situation is dealt with and I'm going to draw water so that the, the flock, the herd, can be well watered and well cared for. 
to willingly water, even if it means sometimes standing up against an attack, standing up against the enemy. And then David, 1 Samuel 17. I really love this description of a shepherd. See, sometimes we can think of, of shepherding as that, oh, it's nice. It's nice. It's a really, that's cute. The ickle sheep being cared by the, for by the ickle shepherd. That's lovely. Sarah's looking at me like, she hates it if I do that. That's like, totally. If I tell her I'm being a brave little soldier, oh, my word. Here's what it means to be a shepherd. Because Goliath is challenging God's people and David, shepherd's heart rises up. And he says, I'm going to go and take this giant down. And in verse 34, he's persisting for the opportunity to go and defend God's people. He said, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. This is verse 34 of 1 Samuel 17. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. And when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears and tigers, oh my. And he says, and I'll do this to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Wow. I read that and I think, yes. That's a shepherd. That's what Jesus did for us, you know. Death. Sin. Everything that wanted evil, wanted to take us down. He took it by the jaw. He rescued us. It tried to turn on him. Oh, it tried to turn on him. And he clubbed it to death. Because God was with him. But that's God's heart. That's a shepherd's heart to passionately protect the flock. Are we getting a sense of what it means to be a shepherd? Then Jesus, in, in John 21, so we'll jump into the New Testament again, please. John 21. Jesus is restoring Peter, who had previously just denied him at, his, at Jesus' worst moment, if you like, his most, um, when he's being tried and beaten and, and crucified. And Peter, who was the one who said, I'll stand with you no matter what, denies him. But Jesus wonderfully and graciously restores Peter shortly after his resurrect, Jesus' resurrection. And he's sitting, and he's just made breakfast for the disciples. And after breakfast, verse 15 of John 21, Jesus asks Simon Peter, or Simon, son of John, this question. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord Peter replied, you know I love you. And then Jesus says this, then feed my lambs. And three times Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And each time that Peter says yes, Jesus says, feed my lambs firstly. Then the second time he asks him, he says, take care of my sheep. And then on the third time he says, feed my sheep. Do we get the this, this sense of who these sheep belong to? Jesus. But the Simon Peter has a responsibility to do something on behalf of the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, to feed them, to care for them. Why? Because he loves the good shepherd. 
And then 1 Peter 5. We'll just look at these verses for a moment, please. 1 Peter 5. What we're seeing here is, is God's provision for us. God's provision for us so that we have leaders who consistently care for us so that we don't need to be afraid, we don't need to be lost, we don't need to be missing or alone. That we have leaders, shepherd leaders, who are willing to, to water the, those who are thirsty, to help lead them to, to wells and springs of water so that they can be refreshed, just as Moses did. That we have shepherds who are there that if, if, if part of the flock is feeling attacked by the enemy, that the shepherd can stand alongside them and, and stand against the enemy with them and see the enemy defeated because they're passionately protecting them. We have pastors and shepherds who are here to feed the flock, to make sure that it's well nourished and fed and, and led to good pasture, to, to feed and be strong and to become mature and, and be encouraged. And then in 1 Peter 5, Peter makes an appeal as an elder to his fellow elders in the churches in Asia Minor. And he says, Now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he's revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you'll get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. Don't lord it over people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. Wonderful verses. You know, in this church, we, we want to build everything according to the word of God. And we believe in eldership. There are six elders that are here to care for the flock that is in Stone, here in Central and Stony Stanton, over in Tamworth and in Market Harbour and anywhere else where, where God wants us to, to work into the provision, these supernatural shepherds are your elders, of which I am one, of a fantastic team. And as elders, we read this appeal that Peter gives. If you put the next slide up, please. I've done it already again. But that sense of that word. So if you go back to this verse 1 of chapter 5, he says, Now a word to you who are presbyteros in the church. I too am a presbyteros. And that word literally means senior or elder. It means mature in the faith. And that's a credential for eldership, isn't it? That it's a man of God who is mature in his faith. And part of that maturity is to make sure that there's an understanding of the word and an experience in the word to be able to care well for the flock and also to not become proud because of any sense of, oh, now I'm an elder. Great, I've achieved top dog status in the church. No. In fact, he says, I want you to serve. I don't want you to lord it over. But there's a maturity and there's a maturity for you to draw upon that you can trust us as your shepherds, as your elders. We're not perfect. You do know that, don't you? I'm sure you're well aware of that. We're acutely aware of that. <laughs> oh, Pauline Bennett. <laughs> but there's a maturity that God has established in us that's there to help you, help the church. 
And then he goes on to say, and our job is to watch over it. That word there is episkopos. In Latin, it's translated as bishop. Love saying I'm a bishop. I love saying I'm a bishop. In fact, the Thomases still call me Bishop Ricky, Bishop Ricardo. But it means to watch over. It's not just maturity, but also our function is to watch over, to oversee the flock. And that's really important that we're overseeing God's people, making sure that everybody is safe, everybody is cared for, everybody's protected. If you turn back to Acts 20 for a moment, verse 28. This word is used again here, this word episkopos. Acts 20, 28. The Ephesian elders, Paul is moving on and he's leaving them with these, these final words before he leaves in Acts 20, 28. Listen to these words. This is an instruction for us as elders. Guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd whose flock? God's flock. You're not ours, you're God's. His church is really laying it on thick. God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood. Wow. Over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. So we see here the function of an elder, that we're to be mature, but our function is to oversee, is to watch over the flock that God has entrusted to us, and he's appointed us by his Holy Spirit, supernatural shepherds. And then this last one, poimen. An elder is mature, an elder oversees, and has the gift of a shepherd, one who can feed and pastor and shepherd the flock. And that's what's used in this phrase here in, in, in Acts 20, 28, feed and shepherd God's flock. That word is poimen. And it's used again in 1 Peter 5, verses 1 to 5, over and over again. We as elders are part of God's supernatural provision for you. To gather, to guard, to lead, to feed, to water, to rescue, to care, to strengthen, to teach. You're his people. We're his people. We've been purchased by his own blood. But there's a provision for us this morning. We just stand together for a moment, please. The musicians, if you could just come back up to the stage, that'd be great. Again, if I could just ask you to close your eyes for a moment, please. In, um, in Psalm 78, it describes how David was a, a, an effective and a faithful shepherd. It talks about how God had called him from the sheepfolds and to care for the, for the, for the mother sheep who were themselves caring for the lambs and how he led God's people, God's inheritance, God's possession with integrity of heart and skillful hands. Can we just play for a moment? That'd be great. I just would love for us to make time this morning for you to be able to make the most of 
our care as, as supernatural shepherds towards you. It's not all about us. It's, this is, this, we're here to worship Jesus and to honor Jesus. But he's given us delegated authority. Ern Baxter says this, every church in a locality must have a plurality of shepherds. Each church in every locality must have a plurality of shepherds, enough to adequately, qualitatively meet the needs of the sheep. In a sense, Jesus in heaven is not enough to satisfy all the practical needs of people on earth. Because as he knows, we need a Jesus with arms, a Jesus we can feel, one who will reach out to us when we have troubles. There's a provision for you this morning. And we want to be free to come and to stand alongside you, to lay our hands on you, to pray with you. In a few minutes, I'd like the children to come back in because I would love for us as as elders and wives to pray over families and households, to pray over couples, to pray over singles, to, pray, to just for you to know God's blessing this morning. I'm not going to take a long time over doing that, but we just want to be able to make opportunity for us to lay hands on you and to bless you, for you to access by faith some of this supernatural provision that God has for you today in the house. But I also believe that God will want to highlight some specific things among us right now where he wants to strengthen us, minister to us through supernatural shepherds as we worship Jesus together. It's going to pray on our behalf. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. We thank you, Lord, that you rule and you reign. That you are King of kings and Lord of lords. But you're the shepherd of our souls. And I thank you that you've appointed under shepherds those that you've entrusted to care for your flock, to feed your lambs, to take care of your sheep. And Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that you would make this time, this part of our gathering, effective in ministering what you want to minister, in doing what you want to do, that bodies would be strengthened this morning, that peace would be brought to minds this morning, that order would be restored, Lord, into situations and lives, circumstances, that you'd refresh those who need it this morning, that you'd strengthen those who need strengthening this morning. That even those who are zealous and running after you would go with a fresh impetus this morning, Lord. Spirit of God, you would have your way among us. Minister faithfully through us and to us, we pray. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. 
visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>